You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the longtime host of this program, being joined, of course, as we are each and every week by my colleague, Jamie D'Amico. We have everything you need, Bills fans, to get ready for this week seven matchup between the Buffalo Bills on a two-game losing streak and the hapless 0-6 New York Jets. Uh, The Jets are the only winless team remaining in the league, and it really seems like this is the matter of the right time, right place for Buffalo to hopefully get healthy, uh, coming off of two primetime losses uh, to teams that made the AFC Championship game and won the Super Bowl, respectively, in the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, Jamie, I know we talked a little bit last week in our preview about you know, the sky would be falling based on how the Bills played. If they lost, it wasn't just that, you know, if they were to lose, the sky would be falling, but the manner in which Buffalo lost would have to be considered. And I think all of Bills fans are thoroughly disheartened right now with the state of their team, given the fact that they just got whooped up twice on primetime against, granted, really good teams. But I don't know, where do you stand right now with your state of the bills following these two pretty disappointing losses well i think that it tells us who the buffalo bills are and despite the fact that we thought after the first four games that they were one of the best teams in the afc they're not they are apparently one of the best teams in the afc east but at this point in the season they're in that second echelon of teams with teams like the raiders and perhaps the Dolphins. And that's okay. You know, they I, I didn't expect them to be, even best case scenario, I didn't expect them to be the Chiefs. And the two teams that they lost to, let's keep in mind that they have a combined uh, one loss between them. And they were the two teams that played in the AFC Championship. Getting beat up on by them isn't what you want to see. However... The Bills are where I thought they were going to be at this point in the season. Four and two is probably how I had it drawn up before the season, and I don't exactly remember uh, what my prediction was. But the sky's not falling in. They just need to turn it around and start playing better, clean up some of the mistakes, and they're going to have to figure out what's going on with their defense, whether it's uh, a schematic issue or a personnel issue. They've got to get it figured out because this team looks extremely vulnerable in some ways. 
And they're going to have to figure out how to compensate for that. But here's the thing. We're only six games in going into a seventh. There's a lot of time to figure out how to correct those issues that they have. It's not over yet. So don't jump off the bandwagon quite yet. Josh Allen had some footwork problems the past couple of weeks. He had some accuracy problems. He did not have those in the first couple of weeks of the season. So we're going to see, I'm sure, Josh Allen take a good hard look at his mechanics and his footwork and his accuracy with quarterback coach Ken Dorsey and offensive coordinator Brian Dable. And I think that he's going to get back on track because as Josh Allen goes, so goes the Buffalo Bills, which is something that we knew a long time ago was going to be the case this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, in Buffalo's, yeah, like every team in the league that wants to to win and go to the postseason, your hinges, your hopes hinge on your quarterback play. And, you know, Josh Allen was an early season MVP candidate, you know, through the first four games of the year when he was averaging more than 330 passing yards a game, averaging more than two passing touchdowns per game and completing 70 percent of his passes. Those have gone by the wayside over the last two games. Now, granted, Tennessee has a formidable defense. The Chiefs, not so much. And, you know, besides the connection from Allen to Stephon Diggs, which has really been strong all year long, it was not a, a memorable performance for Josh Allen and the passing game. And look, people want to say the excuse about, oh, well, the ball was wet. It was misting for the most part. Last I checked, Patrick Mahomes had the exact same conditions to throw the ball, and he was 22 of 26 past. Right. You know, so I mean, let's 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 throw that excuse out the window. It's it's not a relevant one for the sake of the argument. But Jamie, what I'm worried about with the Buffalo Bills is has the league figured out how to slow down this offense? And and what I mean by that is, you know, granted, we're not gonna see, and we'll talk about this in a bit because I think it's a major factor. You know, injuries are you can't predict them. And last year, the Bills were the healthiest team in the league and missed the fewest amount of games for their starters. Boy, 2020 claims another victim because this Buffalo Bills squad is banged up. We the Bills might be without their top three corners uh, on Sunday, which against any team other than the Jets would really be cause for concern. It's still a little bit of a cause for concern, especially with the Jets getting some healthier players uh, to return to action. But Jamie, going back to my original point of this diatribe, have teams figured out how to slow down this Buffalo Bills attack? Because again, the scoring went from over 30 plus points a game for Buffalo to 16 and a half, uh, 17 points a game. I mean, they scored 16 against the Titans. They scored 17 against the Chiefs. And granted, again, the Titans are a good defense. The Chiefs were banged up. Every opportunity it seemed to be had for the Bills to get right on offense, especially with the ground game, was there last week. We're going to echo those same thoughts when it comes to the Jets preview, but I just, I don't know. Have teams figured out how to slow down this offense with Brian Dable and Josh Allen? It's a constant cat and mouse game between offenses and defenses in the NFL because whatever you do this week successfully, next week, a team is going to watch the film and they're going to set up to stop you from doing that. So you have to constantly be making adjustments and to a degree, I would say, yes, the league has figured out that if you take away the deep ball, Josh Allen gets impatient. If you can get a rush on him, and take away the deep ball, you know, the Bills are not as efficient. 
Bills can't run the ball. So that's not something teams are going to be worried about at all. And that puts definitely more strain on Josh Allen and the passing offense. However, I think that the biggest issue is that the Bills are stopping themselves. The Bills are stopping themselves by missing blocks, by uh, making foolish decisions in the passing game. Um, Josh Allen hasn't been as decisive especially last week, was not nearly as decisive as he was in previous weeks. His mechanics were a little bit out of whack. And also, and this is something that has always been an issue, is the underneath passes. While his accuracy is far better this year, Josh Allen has never been tremendous at throwing the ball five yards and less. Well, a lot of that has to do with mechanics, and a lot of that has to do with just taking what the defense is giving you and living to fight another day. Living to fight another day is not one of Josh Allen's strong suits. He likes to push the issue, and there's a lot of times he will overlook wide open underneath receivers because he's trying to push the ball to the sticks. I love that. I love the gunslinger mentality. It's There's a lot of Brett Favre in him, and Brett Favre took himself to the Hall of Fame by being careless. It's a fun brand of football to watch. But if Josh Allen can set his feet before he throws, get his hips pointed in the right direction, and throw to the guys that are open, it's the offense is going to move just fine. And I'll give you an example. There was a play against the Chiefs where the Chiefs went with a cover zero and two blitzers came free. Who was out in the flat? It was Devin Singletary. An easy throw. Josh Allen took a couple steps to start evading the pocket and then threw on the run instead of taking two steps and just chucking the ball. The throw was errant, didn't get to Devin Singletary along the sideline, and that would have been at least a 20-yard gain. Instead, it was an incomplete pass. That was mechanical, and that was decision-making. Fix it, and this offense is going to roll again. Well, and 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 the Bills should have every opportunity to get healthy and get right against the Jets passing defense. That's 23rd uh, in the league in amount of passing yards per game that they allow. But it is troubling, Jamie, when you see that. So what the Chiefs did, the blueprint uh, was to bring pressure for sure uh, and really take away the intermediate, the middle passes, the, the 12 to 15 yarders and the deep balls that really has been Josh's bread and butter you know, so far in 2020, I know that John Brown's injury has really taken something away from this offense because as great as Gabriel Davis has been and as great as he has been at grasping the playbook and grasping the routes and really bringing something to the field as a rookie contributor at wide receiver, John Brown is a difference maker for this offense. And the news that John Brown is not going to be playing uh, on Sunday. Now, again, I say this with a grain of salt, Jamie. The Bills should not put anybody out there on Sunday who has a hamstring injury or anything that's one of those soft tissue issues where they could re-aggravate it or re-injure it and then miss more time because this should be a game that whoever the Bills trot out there, they should be able to beat the Jets who are just really, and we'll get into some of the ways the Jets are quite inept and they've gotten much worse since the season opening win that the Bills put up uh, in week one, but I don't want the Bills rushing John Brown back. I don't want the Bills rushing any of their injured players. And there's a litany of injuries they're dealing with on Sunday because at its surface, Jamie, the Bills should be able to beat 
the Jets, whoever they bring with them to the Meadowlands, to MetLife Stadium for this game on Sunday. But the Bills should get healthy in the passing game. And, and this is definitely an opportunity for Super Josh, you know, to return. Um, I mentioned that the Chiefs brought their pressure. They brought their pass rush uh, when it came to the Monday Night Football uh, victory uh, in week six. Greg Williams, we all know Bounty Gate. We all know Greg Williams is going to be someone who is going to bring blitzing and he's going to bring pressure and he's going to play man coverage. And it's going to be up to Josh to identify pretty quickly where the opportunities are one V one downfield for his receivers. And I really expect this to be the week, Jamie, where Cole Beasley goes nuts and goes off and Stefan Diggs continues his March towards one of the best seasons a bills receiver has ever had. In my opinion, Jamie, I think this is definitely the week that the bills passing attack gets back on track and really makes Bills fans, if, if the Bills come out anything less than a dominating, thorough victory, even amongst the walking wounded that they have on this team, is going to be a disappointment in my book. This is a get healthy and get right opportunity for the offense. This game came at the right time. Now, every team in the NFL is dangerous. The Bills are coming off of, this will be their second consecutive short week, and that is always that's always an issue. You you never want your team to play on less rest than one full week because teams notoriously have a terrible record on short weeks. Now, you had talked about basically the walking wounded that are the Buffalo Bills. And let's name off some of those injuries, shall we? Because I, I'm actually going somewhere with this. It is not good, Jamie. It is not, it's not good, Bob. Not good. This is not a good uh, list of injuries. The Bills are currently going to be missing five players uh, from the game who have currently been ruled out, who are key contributors to this team. And it's not good, the fact that they're going to be missing uh, these players out here. Right now, John Brown is out. Cody Ford, the guard, is out. Dawson Knox, the tight end, is out. Tyrell Dodson, the linebacker, I believe he is out as well. The Buffalo Bills have the walking wounded. There's at least five players uh, that are question that are out who are key contributors. And I, I'm forgetting one out here too. Um, oh, Josh Norman. Josh Norman re-aggravated his hamstring. The Bills could be without their top three cornerbacks. Cam Lewis, who has a club on his hand, He's listed as questionable. Tredavious White with his nagging back injury, he's questionable. And Matt Milano with the pectoral injury, he is also questionable. That's a lot of talent the Bills won't have on the field potentially on Sunday. So where were it's you? It's a lot of talent. Yeah, where so, were you headed with our lovely, uh, our lovely bleak news about the injury front? Well, Cody Ford, for example, he got rolled up on. So there's nothing you can do about that kind of injury. It's going to happen to offensive linemen. And Cam Lewis with the club on his hand, you know, uh, hurting a joint, you know, on, on your hand, that's kind of a freak accident. But the number of soft tissue injuries on the Bills this year is alarming, especially to the key contributors. And I've been thinking about it. And typically when a player misses a portion of the preseason, you see this all the time. The players who hold out, they make it into camp and immediately have soft tissue injuries. Now, 
The Bills did have a truncated preseason because of uh, COVID regulations. All teams did. However, should we be looking at the training staff? Should we be looking at the training staff saying they did not get this team properly prepared for the season? They were operating perhaps as though as though they were going into the season with a normal amount of preseason activities and didn't get the team physically prepared to where they needed to be in order to be healthy and competitive when the season came around. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And unfortunately, I don't really think it's it's fair for me, at least, to speculate. You know, I don't know what the Bills uh, training staff did um, this year to get ready for this most unusual and truncated of, of seasons and off seasons to get their players ready. We mentioned this several times that there was going to be a rash of soft tissue injuries. There was going to be a rash of non-contact injuries because it just takes time for the body to get ready and get in game shape for playing football. And the only way to replicate that is to actually get into a game scenario. I would love to know what the Bills did differently, uh, what they were trying to do. And, and you're also talking about not having the off-season training program that they normally would have. You know, Players had to do their workout on their own, uh, in their own circumstances, in their own environment. And you can't replicate having those players in the facilities and being trained under one watchful eye versus doing things on your own uh, back at home. So I feel leery to kind of cast judgment on the training staff. All I'll say is, I knew there was going to be a correction from the injuries last year to this year. We were just too lucky and the Bills avoided injuries almost at a historic rate last year of staying healthy. And they're paying the karmic comeback for what they've had to deal with, with all of these, you know, injuries this year. I don't know, Jamie, it's, it's frustrating. It definitely is frustrating. What really though, to me is, is, is really troublesome is the Cody Ford, injury situation you can't control like you said getting rolled up on he was really starting to come into his own and the bills have had relatively good offensive line play this year from Deion dawkins mitch morse you know they had had some really good playing from cody ford um and uh and and daryl williams has really stepped up and, and been a godsend for this team been as well. absolutely i think he's really deserved uh to get a contract from the off from the team in the offseason with ford's injury this offensive line is in shambles, in my opinion. Are you going to promote John Feliciano to play in this game versus the Jets and potentially put him at risk to further? If he's not fully healthy, I see no benefit to putting Mongo Feliciano in the field, in the lineup, knowing that we need him to be healthy the rest of the way. I'd rather ru- ru- uh, ru- roll the dice and run with Ike Botker and see what he can do. And just, the Bills have until Wednesday to activate Feliciano. To me, this is not the week to take any risk with your patchwork offensive line. I say you roll with who you got and keep Feliciano on the bench until next week. Because again, in theory, the Bills should be able to win this game with who they've got. I think you have to keep in mind that this the season is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And you have to assume at this point, Coming off a a great start, the Bills have about an 80 to 87% chance of making the playoffs based on starting 4-0. Assume that you're going to make it, so do what's right now to make sure that you have a, a full deck when you're going into the playoffs or late in the season when you're fighting for playoff 
seating and position. Sit the guys you need to sit and figure out how to scheme around them, especially when you're going up against a team that you probably don't need a full roster to beat. Now, again, we're talking about this like beating the Jets is a foregone conclusion. It's not. This is the NFL and they are professionals. And like I mentioned, it's a short week. Kind of has the look of a trap game too. However, you've got to, as much as I hate to do it, put Ike Butker out there, see what he can do. It's probably not going to be great. Don't get your quarterback killed and see what you can do about getting the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly. Try to get Devin Singletary going. See if that works out. But man, what a bad week to let go of Quentin Spain, huh? Yeah, that was a really I, look. I think there's more to this story than we're we know right Definitely. now. Um, as much as the Bills, you know, and Spain even said that you know uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott wanted him to get a chance to catch on at a team of his choosing versus trading him at the deadline. But this is a guy the Bills were counting on to be a guaranteed starter. His play dropped off this year for sure. It wasn't what they thought they were getting when they gave him the three-year deal, but it was a very odd timing when I saw that story come across, uh, especially with the struggles that Brian Winters has had this year adjusting um, to, to to the run game and the pass protection. It's it's really been a mess. I don't know what to expect on Sunday. I will say that the Bills, one of their advantages is the Jets don't have the best edge rushers. They don't have the best pass rushers. Uh, Terrell Basham is clearly their best edge rusher, in my opinion. He can really go from the left side or the right side. He tends to line up more on the right tackle position, which again is more of a weakness, you know, for this Buffalo Bills offense, the right side of the line. And, and I mean, Daryl Williams will be, I think, able to handle him. Uh, he handled him well in week one, but the right side, the right guard position is now another weakness for this team. And the bills need to really do a good job of their offensive line coming out and setting the tone early against these jets edge rushers, because if they can do that, if they can contain the front four and they can win the trenches, I think this should be the week that Devin Singletary gets on track. We've been saying that for a while I don't think it's time to panic over Devin Singletary. I no. know he only had 32 yards on 10 carries against the Chiefs, but he actually did very well to get those 32 yards. If you look back at the tape, um, there were blown blocks on a bunch of his carries where he was met in the backfield and was lucky to not lose more yards than he did lose. I mean, there was one play where Stefan Diggs uh, horribly failed to block Daniel Sorensen on the very first carry of the game. If Diggs gets that block and gets a body on Sorensen, Singletary was going to be off to the races for a nice gain. Instead, it's only a one-yard gain. There was another play where Deion Dawkins whiffed on Taco Charlton deep into the backfield. It could have been a long rushing play, at least a 10 to 15-yard gain. Instead, it was a, a loss, a negative play. Brian Winters had a blown block uh, where Derek Nandi blew up a, a really big penetration play that only went for a two-yard game when it could have been a double-digit rush. There were a couple of instances where it wasn't Singletary's fault at all, and the run blocking has really been woeful uh, to, to really spring off Motor. Motor has not had many opportunities to get going because of the run blocking. Chris Jones, the defensive tackle of the Chiefs, played absolutely out of his mind and made Cody Ford look like a child out on on the field. But Devin Singletary, to your point, has not been the issue. 
with this team. And I know the Bills tried to bring in Le'Veon Bell. I don't know how much better the rushing attack would have gotten with him because it's been the blocking. The Bills' offensive line is getting pushed backwards. Guys are getting into the backfield just once. I want to see the entire defensive line of the opposing team get pushed three yards off the ball and then see what Devin Singletary can do. Because when first contact is coming to your running back, either behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, you cannot expect more than a few yards per carry. We saw last year, if you can block for Devin Singletary, he can be absolutely explosive. And he had a couple of runs where he he did get through that first wave of defenders and you saw the elusiveness. But he can't be he can't be expected to make those moves in the backfield and still have a positive gain. It's just it's not going to work in the NFL. The players are too good. They're too fast. They're going to get on him too quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely. It can't I can't be up to Singletary every single down and every single play to make those elusive Barry Sanders type cuts where he leaves. He breaks dudes ankles and leaves them grasping at air, trying to take down the ball carrier. I think this is the week that the Bills running game. I, I want the Bills and Brian Dable to come out and just run a simple. I don't want them to get too complicated, run a simple game plan take advantage, quick passes, get the ball out of Josh's hands really quickly, get the ground game going early. I think the Bills should be able to score 30-plus points against this Jets defense. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On the other side of it, Jamie, we've talked about the Josh Allen-Sam Darnold matchups, and we're not sure if Darnold or Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback. I think if I was a betting person, Darnold would be in the lineup uh, with that shoulder injury, especially seeing how woeful Joe Flacco, he was far from elite in the shutout loss to the Dolphins last week. So I expect Darnold to be out there. I would expect uh, the talented tackle Mekhi Becton to be on the field, along with Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perriman. So that brings me to the question, Jamie, with the Jets offense, and the wide receivers in particular, going up against a banged-up Bills secondary that, again, is not going to have Josh Norman, is not... The Bills are missing a lot when it comes to uh, who they're going to have. You know, Josh Norman's out. I don't know if Tredavious White's going to play with that back injury. I think Cam Lewis is going to play up there with the club on his his hand, and he's going to hold up well. I feel like Dane Jackson might get promoted uh, from the practice squad. Taron Johnson, if if ever he is going to earn his keep and prove his worth to the team, especially at the nickel corner role, this is the week for him because the Bills desperately need somebody to step up from this secondary, which is really just bombed out and depleted right now. Taron Johnson gave up, I believe it was eight catches for over 100 yards to Jamison Crowder in their first meeting, and Jamison Crowder... He's been good against the Buffalo Bills the past two seasons since he joined the Jets. And as a a shifty slot receiver, 
I think that what you end up doing is on passing downs, you probably try to double team him and play the rest of your defense straight up as you normally would. Um, They are banged up. Um, I didn't mention back talking about the defense when we were talking about running, and this was a a miss on my part. The Jets traded Steve McClendon, who is a very good defensive tackle, so that should help the Bills running game. But coming back to the other side of the ball, I I think this is going to be a game of who wants it more when the Bills are on the defensive side, and they're going to need to see some players step up. Saran Neal's probably going to be in the lineup Uh, a bit more. They need to see more out of him. Now, he was decent covering Travis Kelsey the few times he had to last weekend. And, you know, the Jets, they've got a decent tight end. And Chris Herndon, um, Mekhi Becton, like you mentioned, he's... I I think he's going to be a good left tackle in the league for a long time. But the Bills are really going to have to drum up a pass rush this week because they just can't afford to let whoever's playing quarterback, who I'm with you, I think it's going to be Darnold. They can't let the quarterback just stand there, have two and a half, three seconds to find the receiver. They're going to have to make him get rid of the ball quickly because pass rush and coverage, they're, they're tied at the hip and one feeds into the next and nothing can help a, a depleted secondary quite like a quarterback who's running for his life because the pass rush is getting on him quickly. You're right. The pass rush needs to really step up uh, and be effective against this Jets offense that, again, the Jets are scoring. The Jets are the only team in the league that has not scored more than 100 points in their first six games. They're averaging a paltry 12.5 points per game, by far the fewest uh, points per game in the league. The Jets are just woefully bad. Uh, on offense, but again, they're going to have an opportunity with their wide receivers against the depleted Bills secondary. I, I'm so frustrated with the front four for Buffalo and the disappearance of Harrison Phillips being a healthy scratch against the Chiefs last week. As great as Justin Zimmer's emergence and his story of getting promoted from the practice squad was, Justin Zimmer should not be a name that Bills fans are talking about in a crowded defensive line room. It's really been disappointing to see what's happened to this unit. I know you and I both talk about this, but the Bills miss Starla Tulele so much when it comes. I mean, Clyde Edwards, Elaire single-handedly mm-hmm. ran over this unit last week on Monday night uh, in, in getting the win 27 to 16. And to me, Star's absence is, we couldn't we can't underestimate and overstate just how big of an impact missing star has been on this team because the bills looked lost uh, against the run defense last week i don't think that's going to be a problem the jets do not run the ball very well even with the ageless frank gore out there and the um, the rookie uh, lamichael perrine they do have some you know they do have two backs uh, who i'm sure will get a lot of carries against buffalo having seen the blueprint that the Chiefs did last week, but I, the Bills defense needs to get it right. And I, I really hope that um, we're not just talking about Justin Zimmer. I hope that Ed Oliver uh, somehow gets back on track with his defensive performance and prowess. I want paging Jerry Hughes. Can we please get a sack or two of Darnold? This has to be the game where these guys break out. Absolutely. And the thing holding them back more than anything is the lack of a one technique defensive tackle the guy who eats up the blocks, who plays the position of star. They don't have a legitimate one technique on the roster. And 
You know, I have to be honest, for the first time, I'm questioning Brandon Bean and the front office for some of the decisions that they've made. They let Vincent Taylor get away. He was the only other legitimate one technique. Harrison Phillips, we thought was going to be there. Turns out he's not playing to the level he did at the beginning of last year. And outside of that, it's a bunch of three techniques who just are not large enough to play or strong enough to play stars position. And it's really hurting them. So if we take that into account, combine with the fact that Trent Murphy made the team and then was a healthy scratch this past week, which is something that everybody railed for him being let go in order to free up $8 million for next year's salary cap. So they could potentially keep Matt Milano, which is obviously going to be in question now and oh, also, Wyatt Teller, who they traded for next to nothing, is the top graded offensive guard in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. It's starting to not look so good on some of the decisions that they've made. So let's see if they can make some good personnel decisions going forward. I agree with you. Justin Zimmer, it's a good story. He made some plays, but doesn't play naturally the position that the Bills need him to play. They used him at the one technique. He is a three technique by nature based on his size and his game. So they're playing dudes out of position and then getting run on. It's not a surprise. This week, I think they are going to have to generate a pass rush and stop the run with numbers in the box. They're going to have to come after Darnold. They're going to have to fill those run lanes. And if, if they don't, it doesn't matter what kind of running game the Jets have. They still had some success on on the ground in week one of the season, and that is exactly how every team is going to attack the Bills going forward. But, oh, by the way, the pass defense is terrible too, so pick your poison if you're a Bills fan. <laughs> Where do you want the Bills putting their effort on Sunday? On rundowns, on pass downs, get people in the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be the change that the defense needs to make in order to be better going forward. And hopefully, Jamie, the Bills can kind of come out on Sunday and just punch the Jets in the mouth. Not literally. I don't want Jerry Hughes getting a 15-yard unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct penalty for, you know, for popping, you know, Mekhi Becton or one of the guys on the front line for the Jets. But this game is a get right, get healthy situation. The Bills need to just I, I wonder if, you know, how much confidence uh, is lacking in in the locker room because you notice and uh, you know we've we've seen some observations of the team where you know Josh Allen will still go around and and, and get people involved and and try to lift up the spirits of the offensive players you know whenever there's a down moment in the game we haven't seen as much camaraderie between the defense we haven't seen you know what um, Jordan Phillips would bring to the table of the rah rah and the camaraderie and I wonder if there's a little bit of dissension in the defense because something has to be going on to make this unit go from a top five the last two years to where they are this year, just getting run over and, and the run defense has been atrocious. The passing defense has been porous. The bills can't get off the field on third downs. If something, if this doesn't go right on Sunday and the bills don't pull away with a two score victory or more, I think there's some real trouble here in uh, in bills mafia land. Well, Kyle Williams was a leader. Lorenzo Alexander was a leader. It looks to me like the Bills overall are missing veteran leadership. 
If you look at that Chiefs game, even in the third quarter when the game was fairly close, the body language on both the offense and the defense was not very good. They looked like they were already defeated with more than a quarter to play. That is not what you want to see. So who are the players that are getting them up? Who are the players that are keeping their heads in the game? Where are those leaders right now? I think that they're sorely missing a couple of those guys. And also, I wonder, at the end of the game, when Stefan Diggs was dogging it back to the line of scrimmage and got called for uh, a false start because he didn't get set, it was technically an illegal shift, would that have happened with some of the other players still on the team? I mean, even after he got called for that penalty, where he obviously didn't care anymore, the ball was snapped. He didn't even run a route. He just walked off the line of scrimmage, you know, kind of lollygagging it out there. Would that have happened with Kyle Williams and Lorenzo Alexander on the team? Would he have been taken to task by those guys? Who is Who are the players now that are holding the other players accountable? Do they have them? I, that's a good question, Jamie. I don't know. I don't know. I, we talked about it during the off-season podcasts about who would step up and fill the leadership roles of those guys you mentioned, including Lorenzo Alexander. You know, Stephen Hauschka was a leader. Uh, he was released during the offseason. And I think that it's easy to say you've got a plan in place to bring in veteran leaders or have people step up and fill those roles. But it's easier said than done. And we're seeing a lot of now. I will say to his credit, Stefan Diggs has been the consummate teammate. He has been professional. He has been a great work ethic guy. He has really impressed me. So I'm not willing to go down the malcontent in Minnesota label that he had received uh, you know, during the first couple of years, especially when he was yelling at Kirk Cousins in Minnesota for some of their chemistry issues. I'm not going to throw Diggs under the bus. I mean, it was unfortunate to see him lollygagging it and not getting back and costing the bills, but he has been everything the bills expected and more when they traded for him from Minnesota. That's a, it's, it's an intangible question who steps up and fills that leadership role. It can't just be Josh Allen being the primary cheerleader. He's great at rallying the troops on offense, but we need to see more of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer when it comes to being those veterans on the, on the defense that get this unit up and going and take over the role of Zoe Alexander and Jordan Phillips. And I'm hoping on Sunday that again, the success that this team should have against the woebegone Jets will fuel that confidence and will get this team going in the right direction. Jamie, if the Bills lose on Sunday, somehow, someway, I don't care in what fashion the loss occurs. This will be one of the worst losses in Bills franchise history. With that being said, I am very confident that even though the Bills have all these injuries out there, I think Buffalo is going to win. I feel very confident the Bills will pull out a score uh, a victory by at least two touchdowns against this beaten up Jets team. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Bills get healthy in a big way, knocking off the Jets 37 to 13. The offense gets back on track in a big way. Devin Singletary goes over 100 rushing yards. I'm calling it right now with McClendon gone. The Bills are going to run wild on this Jets defensive line. I think Josh Allen throws for two touchdown passes. I think the defense picks off. Flacco or Darnold a couple of times with three sacks mixed in for this defense. I'm thinking a rosy picture on Sunday. Am I wrong or where do you see on this? I think the Bills are tired. The Bills are frustrated. The Bills are eager to show that they're the team they were in the first 
four weeks of the season. But at the same time, I think the short rest, the injuries, the mounting frustration, I don't think you're going to see the Bills win by a wide margin. I think this is going to be a close game. And I think that the Bills are going to score under 30 points again. I think they're probably going to get to about 27 points. I think this game is going to be 27-20. Wow. That's that's something that would get a lot of Bills fans. Uh, it would give them grief and consternation only getting a one-score victory over a team that we just saw the Miami Dolphins push and bully around the Jets 24 to nothing in a game that wasn't even that close. Joe Flacco took a 28-yard sack, which is really hard to do uh, in the NFL the Jets are are not looking good in any way, shape, or form. If the Bills only earn a seven-point victory, there's going to be a lot of head-scratching and head-shaking and befuddlement and bewilderment for both Bills fans and Bills brass. Jamie, I love you, buddy. I hope you're wrong. I hope the Bills come out and get that dominant victory uh, on Sunday. All that matters is they get a W. I get that. But I think this Bills team just needs to get right and get a thorough ass whooping in there of an inferior team. And I'm hoping that that's the case on Sunday, but whatever happens, however the bills perform, you can always come to believe a Buffalo bills fan podcast to hear our thoughts on how the team is faring. And we'll have everything we need to know uh, again, to get ready for the rest of the bills schedule and the bills opponents beyond this week, seven showdown. But Jamie, let's get that big win on Sunday and get to five and two. How about that, man? Everything would be better if the Bills can just blow out the Jets and be ready for the following game. But no matter, like you said, we'll be back and we'll be breaking it down. And you can get involved with our podcast by getting on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. You can also comment on our stories on buffalorumblings.com and tweet at Buff Rumblings. For Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino putting a big bow on this week's episode of The Big Show, The Believe Podcast. Have a great weekend and go Bills. 